These are stories about murder. (gasps) Could there be a hidden clue? Things that are exceptionally alarming. Like what? Just alarming things. Because he's at the bottom of the ocean, every little sound is intensely magnified. He hears animals eating his friends and crewmates. Oh my God. Instead of scattering ashes, he had simply dumped them in the parking lot. (laughs) In Germany, before a royal court. Thought she was Polish. No, the magician is Polish. This is three shots in. And today we're talking about... Welcome back to Three Shots In. I'm Jess. I'm Jake. This is episode 14. Yes, it is. And today we're talking about captains. Captains, like Captain Jack Sparrow. I mean, yeah, maybe. Captain Barbosa. Sure. I think that's all the captains I got. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Is that Star Trek? Captain Kirk. Kirk. Okay. Captain. Morgan. Morgan. Captain Crunch. Oh, got nice. you there, bitch. You, you didn't get I me. Gotcha. I got you. I wasn't. The, I got gotcha. you. We're just thinking about captains. It has nothing to do with getting I one gotcha. or the other. No, I did better than you. Uh, I, I win. Sure. Okay. But you know who's the real winner in this entire situation? Who? Our patrons. Thank you, patrons. You guys are the best. And in order to reward you for being the best, we provide you additional content up on Patreon. If you are interested in becoming a patron, go to threeshotsin.com. Follow the monthly subscription link and you will find our Patreon page. Yes. Do it. Do that. Do it now. It's okay. You can pause it, go subscribe, and then come <laughs> back. <laughs> and then return to us. JK, we don't care. You already clicked the link. You already you already clicked the episode. You've already counted as a download. <laughs> You've supported us whether you like it or not. Ah, in your face. Um, so it's St. Patrick's Day. It is. And because of that... We, we took shots of the, the closest thing to Irish that we had in our pantry, which was Buchanan's Master Blended Scotch Whiskey, technically from Scotland. But like, you know, Scotland and Ireland, you know, they're similar, right? They're obviously not the same. What? The countries. Ireland and Scotland? Yeah. Like, they're obviously not the same. Of course. But they're close enough, you know? I think so. They both got, like, funny accents. Interesting and attractive, you mean? Sure. They both were shit on by the English. Yeah. For like decades. Probably even still today. You think so? Yeah, the English are dirty bastards, dude. Whoa. Yeah, if you're English and you're listening to this, you're gross. (laughs) You're just nasty. Disgusting. So, just so you know, we have people who listen in England. Yeah. But not people who listen in Scotland or Ireland. Well, actually, because Ireland, we have had just a handful of because downloads. Because the English are probably suppressing us. You think to, so? To keep they, us for themselves. They Oh, they're hogging us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's they've, right. They've usurped us. Usurped us. Yeah. Usurped. Just like they've been hogging all the resources in the United Kingdom for centuries. They've usurped the resources and our comedy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they think, they still think they own us, right? Like, no bitch. We dumped your tea into the ocean. We beat your ass 200 plus years ago. All right. (laughs) Suck it. Yeah. We've invited England to suck it. Go, go drink your tea and watch your Downton Abbey or something. I don't know that people in England actually watch Downton Abbey. No, I have no idea. Is that not a thing? I don't know. I figured they would. I thought Americans liked Downton Abbey more than the actual English. No, Sam and TJ liked Downton Abbey more (laughs) than the English. (laughs) No, no, no. It was a thing here for a long time. 
Really? Yeah. It, Downton it, Abbey? It swelled and then calmed down, but people were really obsessed with Downton Abbey for a so long time. It looks so lame to me. Um, I'm here to tell you, Jacob. Yeah. It is lame. It's lame. Yeah. It is lame. No, I, I gave it a good, I'd, I'd like to believe I gave it a good try. How many episodes? Two. You got to give it four. That's my rule. All right. If, a show, has, if a show has multiple seasons and then you're getting into it, you got to give it at least four. Episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. because I don't know how many shows now I have hated until the fourth episode. And then I'm like, oh, I'm kind of into it now. Possibly three episodes, but definitely not four. So I guess I have two, maybe one more episode to give it before I can make that determination now, as, of, also, as of now. Also, did you prep to watch the show? What do you mean? Like, did you make English tea and crumpets and sit down on your couch with your with your posture perfect? So I'm not the kind of person who bakes. I don't bake things. I don't enjoy cooking or baking. You could have bought them. You could have bought some scones or sorry, some scones. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. Um, I did make myself a little snack. It was yeah. at the time. It was probably like like, like a chili cheese jug or no, something. It was probably like like crackers and cheese or something. Like carrots and apples. Some sugar cubes here and there. Nope. Wasn't any of those. Oh, all right. Well, for drinks tonight, um, we had gimlets. They're gone now. Mine or almost I still gone. have a little bit. They're on the brink. Uh, I made some some gimlet and uh, I didn't measure anything. I just kind of winged it mm-hmm. and it was okay. Not bad. Not my best. No, you wing it. Yeah, not and, my best. Uh, I mean, what do we have? Like eight jakes in each glass. Yep. Eight jakes of gin. Um, it would be what? Two jakes of lime juice and two jakes of simple syrup. Yeah. And that made this gimlet. And it was okay. It's not bad. It's okay. I can drink it. Not a big deal. It doesn't I, I taste it, gross to me. I think I should have doubled up on the lime juice. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. But you know, you live and you learn. Well, anyway, Jacob, do you have anything you'd like to update us with? I would. Um, I no longer am driving a death box. You bought a new car. I did. I bought a new car. You finally so, got rid of your Ford Focus. My Ford Focus is gone. That's a relief. I no longer have it. I technically still have it, but I no longer drive it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is the audio system as good in this new one? Um, that was one thing that stood out to me was this new car that I bought also has Bose speakers <laughs> and not just two of them, but four of them. Whoa. I know. Does it have LED lights? There are the no bottom? LED lights. None whatsoever. Oh, that's a disappointment. I know. They're gone. But more safety, I assume. Yeah. Like this car, the airbags definitely work. <laughs> <laughs> um, it won't crumple in a fender bender. That's nice. Yeah. And I got a bike rack on the top of my car. So. In case you want to put a bike up there? In case you go biking? Yeah. I imagine. I imagine people look at my car and they think, wow, that guy bikes on the weekends, you know? Yeah. But uh, I'm here to tell you, I've never biked in my life <laughs> <laughs> and I don't plan on it. But if you ever wanted to, you're prepared. If I wanted to, I could do it with my car for sure. And it's got four wheel drive. That's nice. Which is awesome. That's definitely nice yeah. out here in this neck of the woods. Yep. Yep. So I have maybe one little update. Okay. What is it? I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, but I beat Hogwarts Legacy. Mm-mm. Oh. You didn't mention that. Well, I did beat it. Okay. Yeah, I beat it. And? Um, Fun game. I should have done it a little differently. I got really excited about being independent and wandering around on my own. So I faced a lot of challenges very early and died a lot of times, but I reaped all the benefits of that and became extremely powerful very quickly. Yeah. But then all the other challenges after that, were 
very watered down for me because I was at my max power mm. and the max difficulty. Okay. For the game. Yeah. I so maybe, maybe follow the game right. and, and story side quests here, right. side quests there, story mission side quests. Yes. Yes. So I should have done that. I did okay. not. Instead, mm -hmm. I gallivanted and went on a murder spree across the countryside. Love that. It was a blast. Honestly, I just would have enjoyed the story more if it was a little bit of, more of a challenge. Okay. Okay. But since then, I have created a new character. <laughs> All right. I don't remember her name. I'm pretty sure it's French. Like? I believe I'm Jacqueline Buffet. Buffet? Uh-huh. And okay. I joined Ravenclaw. Gross. Because I wanted to see what their um their little house looks like behind the secret like door they have. Is it just like a library? It's fucking lame as hell. Slytherin is so much cooler. Yeah. I'm so glad I did that first. Ravenclaw blows. It's just a glorified attic. Really? No, really it is. There's oh. a lot of books, you know, cause it's Ravenclaw and one statue of Rowena Ravenclaw, the person who founded the group. Yeah. The punk bitch. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's just an attic with a lot of books. Mm. I know super duper lame. That is super lame. Yeah. Slytherin. See, no wonder Slytherin why. Slytherin was so much cooler. No wonder why Cho Chang was like devoid of all personality. Was she a Ravenclaw? Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cho. Good old Cho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next, after this character, I'm going to make my Gryffindor. Don't know who she'll be yet. And then I'm going to make my Hufflepuff, who's going to be my serial killer. Yes. Yes. That's the one who's going to learn Avada Kedavra early on and cast it on everyone and everything. As often as possible. Um, all of my characters will have the same name. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's because I have a fake name that I made the first time in like some sort of Hogwarts thing. Like I, I made a fake name and I've used it as my like pseudonym for everything. Okay. Uh, even not that I would ever do this. And of course I never did. But like when COVID was at its peak. Was it like Fats McGee or? Yeah, Pudge McGee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to like fill out forms saying that, yes, I was, I quarantined for X amount of days and I'm going to quarantine and I'm vaccinated and blah, 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 and all this shit. And I just signed as Pudge McGee. Like, yep. And I checked all the boxes, Uh huh. which I never did, of course. This is just a joke. Right. But if I were to have done that, that'd be really funny. That Pudge McGee did it instead of you? Yeah. Hypothetically? It was Pudge. It's always been Pudge. <laughs> Yeah, so they're all going to be Pudge. I gave mine real names and real backstories. Oh, you, you made up backstories yes, for them? Yes, yes. My first character, Nicole Hunter, yeah. um, she she came from a middle-class family, um, but, uh, you know, a warm, inviting family, big family. Uh, and then Jacqueline Buffet, she came from a rich family, but she's very um, by the book. She's the goody two-shoes. She does only follow the rules. Never does anything fun. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, yeah, I don't care. Everything you just said in one ear out the other, you know? Uh, yeah, but I'm not saying it for you. I'm saying it for me, for myself. See, I don't care about you either. But so. it's still in my ears, so well, it worked. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to the you wheel. You know spin. what? Spin the wheel, bitch. Don't shave. Yeah, keep your beard just like that. Looks I, great. I will. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I accidentally almost shaved my beard once before. This was years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, no. And I, I feel like I looked like shit for like, oh, a, like a full, like four days. I remember that. Yeah. It was, I was terrified. It was really funny. Yeah. 
You looked so good. Maybe you should shave it again. Fuck you. <laughs> Spin the wheel. Oh no, your captain has crashed your ship. Are you on King Kong's Skull Island, Xenomorph's LV-46, Avatar's Pandora? You mean 426? Yeah, 426. Avatar's Pandora or New Jersey? I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. All of those sound terrible. All equivalent, equivalently deadly places. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, um, what was the very first planet? Uh, King Kong's Skull Island? Absolutely not. Yeah, they have bugs like bigger than me. Literally huge bugs. That's disgusting. And dinosaurs. Hard pass. Hard pass. Not interested even in the least. Uh, LV-426? Just don't enter the spaceship. How about that? You know what I mean? What were the eggs on a spaceship? Yes. So you just don't go in the, but it, there was nothing there but like rain and rocks. Oh, know? I guess. I guess. Like you're not going to make it very far. It would be boring. Yeah. Basically you would commit suicide by alien preg pregnancy yeah. just or to you get would, out of Or it. you would just starve to death. Yeah. Like there would be no in between. Right. Okay. So are you going to go to Avatar's Pandora? No, because the air is toxic. Remember? Oh, I didn't remember that. I forgot about that. If you don't have an avatar body. If you're not a big blue person mm -hmm. with a big blue penis. So I'm going, you, I'm you going to Jersey. It. You're going to go to Jersey? Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. I think I'm going to fare well because in this hypothetical scenario, I imagine that I'm not married. But the air in New Jersey is also toxic. Well, sure. Just like Pandora. No. Pandora, you'll die within seconds. New Jersey, it'll take a few years. <laughs> it'll take a few years. Okay. Okay. That's fair. You're going to become like a trash person. Uh, no, I'll find a nice wealthy, I don't know, New Jersey man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, see my answer similar, but different. I'm also going to go to New Jersey, but that's okay. because I would thrive on the Jersey shore. You think so? Oh yeah. You can, I'd fit right in drunk by 1 PM walking the pier, you know, mm -hmm. yelling out slurs at people. Okay. I would, I would be, I would be one of the guys you know? Yeah. I wouldn't, I would avoid all the party people, but I would find someone mean for sure. It, it'd probably be me. It wouldn't. It'd be me. No, it wouldn't. You'd find me. No, it would also be someone who's financially well off. It wouldn't be you. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm talking about the person I'm going to hook up with. Okay. Oh, ew. That's no, what I'm saying. I don't want that to be me. I know. Why are you, why are you even hinting for that? You're disgusting. No, You're I'm disgusting. I'm going to link myself up with a you know, person financially well off for my survival. Mm -mm. You're disgusting. Yeah, but I'll live and survive. And I won't have to deal with any of those annoying party people that you're going to have to deal with. You're having sex. You're on the bottom. He's on the top. His, sure. the, the oil in his hair drips on your face. No. Do you react? It doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. Do you react? It doesn't. No, but it does in this scenario. Do you react? Do I react to the oil? Yeah. Yeah. By using it as lubricant. It's not lubricant. It's like gel that keeps his hair up. I know. I'm going to wipe it off my chest slowly and like sexily. And then I'm going to like put it on his dick or something. <laughs> yeah. Did that backfire? Yeah. We're done with this I one. I thought so. <laughs> no more. Move on. That's it. Okay. Well, you know what? It's time then for the first story, which happens to be you. <laughs> so go for it, Jess. I will. Talking about captains. Yes, we are. And boy, do I have some doozies. Because, Jacob, when I thought of captains, I thought of chivalry and bravery. I thought of captains who put women and children first, as it were. 
and then I decided it would be so much more fun if I found captains who didn't stick to that even a little bit. Oh, like asshole? Yeah, total asshole captains who were the first on the life rafts as opposed to... Well, they're the children. most important person on the ship. You think so? Yeah. Okay. It makes sense that they'd be the first. Right, right. Well, in with regard to the phrase women and children first, obviously that's referring to women and children being given priority over men. So I guess the or- origins of that were from the Birkenhead drill, which is named after a ship called the Birkenhead. The Birkenhead drill? Yeah. Like oh, the, like br- a like practice? A, like protocol, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's unofficial, but it is still practiced today. Um, and it was from the, shink- the sinking of the HMS Birkenhead off the coast of South Africa in 1852. That's when that began. In 1852? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So no one on that ship actually used the phrase women and children first, but they did in fact prioritize women and children. Okay. It was a British naval ship and uh, some of the officers were accompanied by their wives and children. They were transporting British Royal Army soldiers from one place to another in South Africa. Okay. Ironically, the captain of the Birkenhead, Captain uh, Salmond, he had called out to the survivors of the shipwreck because they had run over, I think it was like a coral reef or some rocks or something. Total accident. It was totally, they were in a, an area that should have been fully mapped. It just wasn't. They were very okay. unlucky. And so Captain Salmond shouts out to the survivors, all those who can swim, jump overboard and make for the boats. But a colonel on board, Colonel Seaton, realizing the danger of a bunch of panicking men swarming the boats, shouted a counter order, which was, you will swamp the cutter containing the women and children. I implore you not to do this thing. I ask you all to stand fast. And so they did. Um, The captain included, by the way. So he heard this and he seconded and everyone. Um, The total number on the ship was 643. That included 25 women and 31 children. Okay, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. A lot of dudes. Not that many women and children in comparison. After sinking, the total of people was 193. Oh, damn. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And by the end of it, there were only seven women and 13 children. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But either way, as soon as the colonel and the captain began shouting that all the men should stand fast, stop overwhelming the lifeboats, and allow the women and children on, the ones who survived, they did. And that is why the majority of them died. And any surviving women and children were able to make it onto the lifeboats. So they went down in history for their chivalry, bravery, and discipline. Okay. But now we're going to talk about captains who did not live up to that example. Love it. Let's hear it. We begin with Captain Joseph Clark. In July 1880, the SS Jetta began slowly taking on seawater after passing through a hurricane. After several failed attempts to repair, Captain Joseph Clark his wife and most of his crew attempted to sneak off in a lifeboat during the night. <laughs> yeah. Things weren't looking good, Jacob. Sneak off, though? Like, not even, like, tell everybody to they get off? They told absolutely no one, and they Damn. snuck off. Some of the passengers who'd been helping to bail water out of the ship caught them attempting to leave in secret and were understandably upset. Right. A struggle ensued, and two crewmen were knocked from the lifeboat into the water, but the captain and Mrs. Clark as well as the crew that were with them, still managed to depart, leaving behind nearly 1,000 passengers to fend for themselves, as well as the crew members who had been knocked into the water and ended up drowning as a result because they did not go back for them. Oh. (laughs) 
So Captain Clark and the rest who were with him were picked up by another ship the next morning, and they reported that their ship had very tragically sunk. But did it? They wove a story about passengers becoming violent and crazy and murdering two crewmen. It was mutiny. It was, according to them. But as it turned out, the Jetta did not sink. Ah. Yeah, passengers reported that after the captain captain's lifeboat had been launched, the second mate, along with a few passengers, had also tried to sneak off with one. The other passengers were able to stop them, but the lifeboat was flung into the water, and the second mate and two passengers who were with him aboard the lifeboat drowned. Okay. Afterwards, the remaining 20 crew, crew members who were left behind, including two officers, with the help of all the remaining passengers, like I said, who were 1,000, successfully bailed the water out of the ship's engine room. They then hoisted distress signals, and they floated safely until they too were found. Wow. Yeah. And they had nothing but shit to talk, I'm sure. Absolutely nothing but shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't matter, though. The only repercussion that the captain received was the, was the suspension of his master's certificate for three years. Okay, so he can't captain for three years? Not for three years. But then he can get right back to it. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did? Probably. Okay, <laughs> you don't know. No idea. Okay. It was also a long time ago, and I didn't care. That's fair. Well, next up, Captain Frances- Francisco Scatino. You mean Francisco? It's spelled with an E. Oh, so like literally like Francesco? Francesco. Interesting. Yeah. Never heard that before. He's Italian. Oh, you mean a Francesco. A Francesco Schettino. Yeah. January 13th, 2012. Okay. Okay. So we're getting a little more recent. Very recent, I'd say. Yeah. The Costa Concordia, a cruise ship belonging to the company Costa Crociere, which is owned by Carnival. Carnival Cruise Ships. Yeah. I'm not surprised by anything (laughs) else you're about to say right now. Yeah, I didn't (laughs) think so. (laughs) They, anyway, the Costa Concordia wrecked just off the coast of Tuscany. According to an investigation report done by Italy's Ministry of Infrastructures and Transports, the Concordia, quote, was sailing too close to the coastline in a poorly lit shore area at an unsafe distance at nighttime and at high speed. Why? (laughs) No idea. Like, there's literally not one... Reason for that to be? Yeah, like that was like, this ship did red flag in red flag. While they red flagged and red flagged. (laughs) Yeah. All in all, this was a red flag. (laughs) Right. Uh, The ship, unsurprisingly, struck a reef known as the Skull Rocks. I wonder why. They ended up listing almost completely onto its right side. Oh, shit. Yeah. Captain Scatino, who'd been responsible, you see, for the steering of the ship at the time that it wrecked. He was literally steering it? He literally was. (laughs) And he okay. had been alone on the bridge with his mistress. Oh, a young, I see. A young Moldovan dancer whom he'd snuck onto the cruise, a cruise on which his wife and child were not invited. Love it. His very first move after the impact was to phone the company's crisis coordinator for guidance. Okay. The impact and water leakage caused an electrical blackout on the ship. And in his recorded conversation with the crisis coordinator, he and the coordinator decided to downplay everything and awesome. claim that the blackout was actually the cause of the wreck in the first place. I thought it was. It wasn't. No? No. They wrecked first, and that's what caused the blackout. Oh, so they were saying the blackout caused the wreck. Yes. I see. A strange blackout no one could have prepared for or expected was the reason they wrecked is the story they decided to go with. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty good story. Maybe. Was it, was it not bulletproof? Um, no. But either way, they claimed that was what caused it in the first place. They never bothered 
to alert the Italian search and rescue authority. Ah. Yeah, so Schettino, he instructs the crew to inform passengers that there is absolutely nothing wrong, that they should uh, wait in their cabins until they can get the power back on. That's I'm it. assuming this was before the ship completely turned on its side? This was before it, yeah. Okay, that's good. But it was steadily doing that. Meanwhile, someone who clearly saw the wreck from the shoreline, even at nighttime, reports everything they see to emergency services and to Italian search and rescue, and they call Scatino to check in. Right. Hey, right. we hear something not so great is going on. Is this true? Do you need our help? He tells them the exact same thing. Nothing wrong, just a blackout. Everything's fine. Does not tell them that the ship is sinking for 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. Even though it is. Right. Over an hour after the impact, the crew begins to evacuate. The okay. crew. Oh, I see. Yes, the passengers testified later on that no alarm to proceed to the lifeboats was ever sounded. Ah. Yeah. No even, witnesses. Exactly. Well. Except for that dude on the shore. We'll see. Even if there had been an alarm, the crew dropped the anchor of the ship incorrectly, which caused it to tilt even more dramatically off to the right. Jesus Christ. Making it almost impossible to get from one room to another, let alone make it to the lifeboats. Because it's basically tilted com almost completely on its right side. Yeah. At least almost impossible for most. Not for Captain Scatino. <laughs> okay. Captain Scatino found himself in a lifeboat before literally anyone else. He's ready to go. See, he was prepping the boat. Yes, he was maybe, maybe making sure that they were safe. He was making sure that this boat also wasn't malfunctioning. Right. Well, in a phone conversation that went on to be broadcasted all over Italian news media, an enraged member of the Coast Guard orders Schettino to return to the ship to assist with the rescue of the ship's 3,000 or so passengers Oof. and 1,000 or so crew members. In the recording of the call, Schettino explained to the man that he fell into the lifeboat by accident, but ensured that he was coordinating very dutifully from the lifeboat. That's good. Yes. That's, one, That's bold of him. I, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe. You know, he's brave. Yeah. No one else was brave enough to make it to the lifeboats. No, he, he it, honestly, he's making the sacrifice because if that boat wasn't sturdy and ready, mm -hmm. he would have paid the consequence. Right. And he didn't want anyone else to potentially pay that consequence. Exactly. So he wanted to do that himself. Right. This sounds like a great captain. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, one article mentioned that traces of cocaine were found in his hair. Well, that's not good. And a large amount of it was later found on the ship. I just didn't look into that. I have no idea what the amount was. During the investigation, however, Scatino admitted that he turned off the alarm system for the ship's navigation when he was veering very close to the shore of Tuscany. He turned it off because? Quote, I was navigating by sight because I knew the seabeds well. I had done the move three or four times. Well, he must have not have known it that well. Or the seabed must have changed. I bet it's that. The yeah. seabed probably changed. Because if he did it three or four times, then clearly he could do it a fifth, unless someone changed the seabed. Someone must have done that. It must have been sabotage. And it led to the deaths of 32 people. Well, that sucks. Also serious injuries for many more. So after all this happened, by the way, let me just, before I move on, show you the pictures of how dramatically the ship was leaning and how much of the ship was underneath water. Underwater. Right. Whip it out. Oh my God. <laughs> it's almost gone. Yeah. It's half under. Yeah. I mean, probably more than half. I don't know how it's floating. Wow. That's a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it is underwater. So what, like 32 people, like passengers fucking drowned? They drowned. Like they got stuck in rooms as it was sinking. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
That is horrendous. It was. Um, and Scatino did not get off as easy as the last captain we talked mm. about. He was sentenced to 16 years in prison for manslaughter. Manslaughter? Manslaughter, causing a shipwreck and abandoning a ship. Uh, see, I don't see abandoning the ship as manslaughter. Being coked out and crashing the ship and then turning off the alarms and not asking for help, that I can understand. Well, yeah. But like abandoning ship, I don't know. that's not manslaughter. That's just well, pussyism. They're not saying it was manslaughter. Manslaughter is a separate charge. Oh, he also got charged for leaving the ship. For abandoning, abandoning a ship. Yeah. I see. Which he did. Um, we can definitely listen to the recording of Scatino arguing with the Coast Guard uh, during the break. I would love that. Is it all in Italian? All of it is in Italian. That's but awesome. I can show you a video that will have subtitles. Uh, I think it'd be more fun if we just guessed what they were saying. I already know what they're saying because I read the subtitles. You're lame. I hate you. Anyway, I do have one more story. Okay. But it's for patrons only, you see. Oh, man. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Paywall. Oops. There it is. <laughs> you ran right into it. That sucks. It's a good one, too. I actually, I mean, I'm really happy for our patrons that they get to hear it. Well, that's awesome. We will record that patron story during the break. Okay. That way it's easily edited. Um, and that way, you know, our kind listeners can just move on into the beautiful break music and not, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Just give us $5. Like literally just go to threeshotsin.com and subscribe on Patreon. Just you can hear give the story. us $5. You will get more than your money's worth for at least this month. Yeah. Like every month. Every like, single like month. Like always. All the time. Of course. Yeah. Anyway, patrons, I'm excited for you because this one's a long one. Oh, is it? It really is. Interesting. This was okay. the one I did the most research on. Oh, so it's an even better story? Even better. Damn, Jess just said, fuck you, generic listener. <laughs> <laughs> generic poor listener. Oh, I did as much research on the other ones. It's just, you know, the first one happened in the 1800s. And I mean, that's about as much as we're going to get from that one. Dang. And then this one, I mean, I told you everything that's relevant. All right. Scatino, that's about all you need to know. All right. Well, we're, we are going to break then. Are you ready to break? Well, real quick, the pictures what? I mentioned yeah. of Scatino and the ship listed almost completely on its right side. Yeah. We will post those on social media. Right. Yeah. We will be right on that. Yes. The last post that we shared for the last episode, it did depict the images of Shinok Jew, the leader of the Grace Road Church. Not the leader. She was the leader. And oh, founder. shit. She was the leader. The founder I, as I take well. it back. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Being very sweet. Perfectly joyous, the first two pictures. Until she wasn't. Until she was not. She had to put the beat down on somebody. Yeah, we have a picture depicting that exact beat down. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. We're going to break now, though. Yeah. We will, yes. That's good. That's good. I'm tired of hearing your voice. <laughs> Jess. Yeah. I saw Scream 6. Okay. And? And it was a scream movie. <laughs> it was awful. Uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It was it was pretty bad. But it was funny enough that I would definitely watch it again. Like, okay, the kills were so funny. Mm -hmm. um, Courtney Cox looks like complete dog shit. Oh, she looks fucking awful. Oh man. And in the movie, she's like dating this like I mean this mountain of a, of a man, right? He's probably like in his like mid to late twenties. Whoa. And is just like this bulked black dude, like 
I mean, well, she, huge. She was in Cougar Town. Remember that? Yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, don't mean to spoil the movie, but he dies <laughs> <laughs> very quickly and very easily. Okay. And then the killer is like fighting Courtney Cox and she's like taking him down. What? And it's like, there's no way no. this brittle fucking lipo Botoxed up woman could fight this thing, this person that just, I mean, slaughtered this fucking linebacker and like threw him through a living room. <laughs> and Courtney Cox is like, hi, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no fucking way. Dude, she looked rough. Well, how can you know that if you haven't fought her yourself? Is that's, all I'm saying. That's true. I guess I don't know. Um, but damn, <laughs> dude, she was beat. Her face was so fucked. Captain. Gosh, Captain. Captain Crunch. Oops, all berries. Delicious. Basically the best part of Captain Crunch. Yeah, the berries, of course. Right. Captains also find rum delicious, like like Captain Jack Sparrow. He's a captain. Captain Morgan is a kind of rum, isn't it? Oh, it is. You can, you can Captain ships and right captain planes you I think, could probably right? i don't know back to the berries thing though berries they're the best they are the best that um captain crunch has to offer you know what's the best thing about this podcast what our sponsors that's right tilted tinker woodcraft and wizardry we'd like to thank tilted tinker woodcraft and wizardry they are a company that makes woodcraft products like plaques with all sorts of hilarious sayings and coasters with sarcastic twists. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories like dice towers, dice dungeons, and DM screens. Everything is made here in the USA. Yes, a family-owned business. They use American wood in American hands. Nice. <laughs> they personally create all of their merchandise. Yes, they are close friends of ours. But that's the most that we'll say. It could be anyone, but they're fantastic. They are. They are fantastic. And it really could be anyone at all. We own many of their products. That's true. All of them are of great quality. The greatest. You can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. Reach out to them at info at TiltedTinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. That's Tilted, T-I-N-K-E-R. You should go and buy something from their website because they're awesome. And they love us just like we love you. I have here a recording. Uh, yeah, of uh, Capitano Scatino talking to the Coast Guard. Yes. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, reading it. Okay. As it happens. All right. And then I'll sum up. Okay. Okay, so what you're hearing there is the Coast Guard trying to find out how many women and children are on the boat. And Captain Scatino is like, I don't know, I can't see them. I'm on the life raft. 
<laughs> and the Coast Guard is like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Get back on the boat. And he was like, Scatino was like, no, no, it's cool. I don't need to because I can coordinate from here. Right. And the Coast Guard is like, no, you absolute fucking pussy. You have to get back on the boat and help people. And Scatino's like, no, nah, man, like, I'm good right here. <laughs> like, really, you don't understand how good I am right now. Oh, he sounds mad. So the Coast Guard man. Yeah. Very angry. <laughs> Seems you, upset. As you heard. And he's saying, like, basically, get back on the get back on the ship. Scatino saying no. Uh, Coast Guard man says, fine, fuck you. I'm in charge now, and I'm ordering you, get on the boat. And the captain is like, no, the fuck you're not. Like, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm fine. Um, yeah, Coast Guard's not very happy with Scatino. He's not. No, Scatino is, he's happy though. He said he, he's, he's helping them get the other life raft ready. He's, he's watching them. He's making sure that get the other life raft, the other ready. life raft is okay. What does Avati mean? Um, I think that means bodies or like now. Um, basically, now what you're hearing is the Coast Guard is like, hey, man, hey, Captain, uh, the air support is already there and they're helping people get back on the ship and help people get to the air support. And Scatino is, doesn't say anything to that. And so then the Coast Guard says like, dude, Scatino, there are already bodies. Yeah. Like you need to get going. And Scatino's like, how many bodies? How many? <laughs> like bullshit. <laughs> and the Coast Guard's I don't like, see any bodies. You're the one who's supposed to be telling me that. <laughs> He's like, I don't see any bodies. <laughs> no bodies on the life raft. <laughs> <laughs> now the Coast Guard's like, dude, I'm not there. You have to tell me how many bodies. And Scatino goes, it's dark. I can't see anything. <laughs> dude, what the fuck? Yeah, it basically just continues what, about like that. What a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bodies. What bodies? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't see any bodies. Huh? <laughs> yeah, not not the greatest. Mm -mm. Not the best. No, that's that's very unfortunate. <laughs> Dude, look at how fucked up she looks. She doesn't look that bad. Oh, she looks rough as fuck. And that's her with good lighting. We're looking at Courtney Cox from Scream 6. She looks different. No, look, she looks rough as fuck. Let's see if I can find you a better one. Oh, look at, look at the Botox in one of her eyes is better than the other. What do you mean? One of her eyes is more fucked up than the other. They look the same to me. Jessica, what are you? You fucking Courtney Cox? No. Then why are you being so fucking nice? Fuck they this, fuck this skeletal bitch. Look at that. 
don't know. Because I, I said all the same things you're saying a while ago, and now I feel bad about it. Oh, my God. She's probably still really cool. I'm sure she is. She doesn't listen to this fucking podcast. I know. It's not about that. Look, and if one day she does, then she can fucking sue us for defamation or something. She doesn't have to do that. There's lots of people talking about <laughs> botched Botox. Oh, look, here, here she is angry. Which I'm not saying is what she has. She looks better there, honestly. You're being mean. No, you know who else looked really rough? Who? Hayden Panettiere was in the movie. What? But yeah, she was in the other one. Yeah, she, she came back. rough? Dude, she looked rough. No. Like, you can tell every scene that she was in, like, every time she spoke, the, the camera was, like, really close to her face, and they did, like, a whole bunch of, like, special effects to, like, try to make her look better. Okay. Dude, she looked rough. No way. Way. Hayden Panettiere? Yes. Telling you. Oh. It was rough. Hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, the best actor in the whole movie, little Ortega. Jenna. Jenna Ortega. She killed it. Yeah. Her character was lame as shit. Like stupid shit happened. That makes absolutely no sense because of poor writing, but that wasn't her fault. Sure. Yeah. She killed it. Broken. Done. Totally. Here we are. Ready to spin the next wheel. Go ahead. You have to captain a booze cruise. Your guests are mimes, furries, or celebrity impersonators of Nicolas Cage. You get to choose, but the captain must interact with the guests. So do you want to interact with drunk mimes, furries, or celebrity impersonators of Nicolas Cage? Hmm. I'll let you think about it because I know right away. Go ahead. Nicholas Cage impersonators. Are you kidding me? I think you know that's the one thing I'm not considering even that a little bit. That would be bit. so amazing. No. They would all just be drunk talking about how they're going to seal the Declaration of Independence. Like, I wonder how many of them, like, just push that hairline back even more. No, I'd get, you know? I, if I was the captain of that ship, I'd get lynched. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Because that all I would have is negative things to say. Dang. And obviously they're impersonating him, so they love him. And oh, and Nicolas Cage punched women in um, Wicker Man. Right. So th maybe one of them is the Wicker Man, and they would just punch the shit out of you. Well, they would all just hate my guts for hating Nicolas Cage, and therefore hating all of them and everything they are and look like and are trying to be. I think it would be a blast. I would make that the funnest booze cruise ever. Okay, so would you captain a ship full of Tobey Maguire impersonators? No. Why? I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> um, so, you, so then you only got two options. I know. Mimes or furries. I'm honestly equally down to do either, to be the captain of either. I'd say furries. Pick a hand. That one. Oh, furries. You got it. So you're going to captain a boat of uh, furries. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a furry is, Google it. You will not be <laughs> let down. Well, we can just tell you also. Sure. Know. Sure. It's just people who believe that they, they dress up like cartoon animals. Yeah. I don't know if it's an identity thing. I feel like it is for a lot of them that they are animals. They identify as animals or they just enjoy developing a fursona. Oh, fuck. We've talked about it on the show. Yeah. That's Remember, like a uh, fucking crinkling. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, that's like a persona, but it's fur because they're furries. They believe they're animals or at least are trying to pretend to be one. So they develop a character that's an animal that talks and walks around so yeah. that they, they can... like they like nuzzle up on people. Yeah. With their like snoots. 
Mm, I changed my mind. I'm already convincing myself that that's not the answer. Yeah, I choose was, mimes. That was definitely not the answer. I choose mimes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a better one. Um, although I don't know because I've never actually seen a mime, but I would imagine that they're just annoying, like regular. But that's just it. It's quiet. Oh, what if when they get drunk, they're not quiet anymore? I just don't think so. And what if they're all just like really racist? I, that's okay. <laughs> I'm just the captain. I don't have to be friends with them. That's true. I also okay. feel like if in this hypothetical where I'm a captain of a ship, I'm also single, it would just be interesting to hook up with one. You would hook up with a mime? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Would you think he'd make a sound like when he was making his O face? That'd be an interesting challenge. Or do you think he would like, instead of like making sounds, he would like have like a <laughs> bubble gun. He's you know makes the O face and just like presses the bubble gun and just shoots bubbles up that everywhere. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I would have a blast if that were the case. Watch, you'd ask him to put on protection and he would mime a condom. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a real, he's just like, whoop, whoop, like there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really funny. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I, I think I'd beat up a mime. No, I might too, but I'd have more fun. <laughs> Okay. That's what I'm saying. I, well, I'd have the most fun with the Nicolas Cage. I'd probably get fired. Yeah, I would just be For murdered. being the captain of this booze, booze cruise because I would be partying with all the Nicolas Cages. Yeah, I would disappear mysteriously for it only to be found later on that they got super pissed off with all the bullshit. I was like all the shit I was talking to them. Yeah. And they like threw me overboard or something. Damn. Yeah. They did you like that? Mm-hmm. Probably. I would be really mean. I wouldn't want to talk to any of them. What about the Con Air Nicolas Cage who no. like always carries like a fan? Yeah. To like blow his long hair back. Uh huh. What about him? That's the one I'm the meanest to. <laughs> You're the meanest to him. Uh huh. Oh. I would be a bully. What about the one that's dressed up like uh, Big Daddy? Oh, I think we'd get from, along uh, from Kickass. I think he and I would get along. Okay. He might try to defend me. Oh, you think you think you can get him to defend you? Yeah. All right. Maybe. Possibly. But that's just it. Like, if he was in character, he would have very little to say. What about the one that's, and that's dressed up? that's why we would get along. What about the one that's dressed up like Superman? Because Nicolas Cage kind of sort of almost was uh, Superman. I don't even acknowledge that one's presence. <laughs> okay. He looks rough. I know. He, he still had, lo- had long hair. He had long hair. Yeah. As Superman. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, that it's wouldn't amazing. even happen. Okay, fine. Fine. I would captain the mimes. Okay. What if, what if you're going to crash into like an iceberg? Okay. How is the mime going to tell you? He doesn't have to. Because I'd be like... The first one to speak gets on the lifeboat and none of them would, but I would. Oh, and you just, you just sail away. Yeah. Cause they're mimes. Cause they're mimes. <laughs> no one cares about them. They don't have families. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, I'd be like, if anyone who doesn't think I should be on the lifeboat, speak your piece now, but no one would. <laughs> <laughs> so then they all voted I should be on the lifeboat ah, because I would speak with their silence. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Oh, I'd be like, you guys are so gracious. Oh, and any mime that breaks his like, you know, vow, his lifelong vow of silence um, so that he can get on the lifeboat, execute him. No, I wouldn't care. He would be, he or she would be lynched by the other mimes oh. for breaking the vow. I think that's how it works. They would turn on him. I thought that was like mime law. I, well, I think it is. They'd hang like a, they'd mime like a noose around his neck. Just, <laughs> <laughs> and like and mime would, pulling him off the ground. He would have to realistically mime dying. Yeah. And therefore actually die. And actually die right. in the process. Okay. Well, there we have it. Kind of took a little bit of a dark turn for you there, but. uh. Well, I'm totally joking, obviously. Oh, no, obviously. Obviously, I'm joking. Of course. All, all of my passenger mimes are on the lifeboats. 
okay? And if there is any room for me and my crew, then I'll also join them on the lifeboats if there's room for me. But if there isn't, I'm going down with my ship. But they can probably, like, mime their own lifeboat. Well, maybe. And climb into it. Not sure. And then mime their own little... Or. Or, so that they can... Row. Row themselves to shore. Thanks for fixing, for, like, plugging in all these words that I don't know. (laughs) You're welcome. It's awesome. <laughs> well, ironically, you were miming to me. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was, I was miming what a mime would do. You mimed climbing into a lifeboat. Yeah, I even sat down. And you got cozy. You yeah. did a little butt scoot. A little... And then you mimed rowing. Yeah. Well, it was clear to see. That's how I know it'd be okay. I'd, I, w- I could handle being around mimes during a cruise. Because I just mimed and you're fine with it? Because well, I understood exactly everything you meant. They're probably said. better at it than I am. That's what I'm saying. It's their lifelong dream to be a mime, I imagine. It's their entire life. Their entire existence weighs on how well they mime. Exactly. Okay. Well, enough enough miming. Time for Captain. Captain Morgan. Not that one. Not the the liquor one? The yeah, boo- no. The booze captain? No, not that one. The other one. I don't was I didn't know there even was another one. Oh, there was. So, this is the story of the disappearance of Captain Morgan. The story begins in the summer of 1826 in upstate New York, okay? Um, this was on the, obviously, the outer edges of the American frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh, two men wanted to secure personal fame and fortune, okay? One was David C. Miller, who was a publisher for um, a Republican-like news media. The other was William Morgan, and he had moved his family uh, through the countryside. He first worked as a brewer, then he was a stoneworker, and he had brought his wife, Lucinda, and their two children um, on a like one failed venture after the next. Uh, these two men, David and Morgan, sorry, Miller and Morgan, uh, were an odd pair. They really didn't have a common background. They shared nothing in common at all other than that they both wanted money and fame. And over the summer, they finally came up with the idea how they would get their money and their fame. They would expose to the world the inner workings of the secret society of Freemasons. Oh. I know, didn't see that one coming, right? No, I did not. Um, so I'm not I'm not gonna go into the, the detail as to how Captain Morgan was Captain Morgan. Uh, basically, he was, he fought in like, I don't know, the War of 1812 or some shit. Okay. And had the rank of captain. That's why they everyone calls him Captain Morgan. But oh. he's not that Captain Morgan. Like, there was never a ship involved. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Military well, there, captain. There, wh- oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was just a rank. Um, so, when it comes to how Miller and Morgan met, uh, that part isn't really known, but neither were, like, high up in the community. Um, no one really respected them. They were just people. Didn't really make a name for themselves. No. And, obviously, they both had some deep-seated hate towards the Freemasonry. Why is that? It apparently at this time served as the as a symbol for like the establishment class, like basically like the top one percent uh, were the Freemasons. I see. So like they were like rich and snooty and everyone hated them. They were the people at the country club, you know. Okay. Yes. So Freemasonry is thought to have originated in England um, sometime in the 1500s as like a trade organization made up of stone workers, obviously you know masons. Masons. Um, but obviously it took a more philosophical turn. Okay. And over the centuries, the fraternity of Masons would expand through the world and would 
form its own ceremonies and rituals, which involved strange symbols and oaths. A lot of people assumed that there was some sort of weird religious involvement okay. with the Freemasons. Right. Not necessarily the religion of, of Christianity, right. but like their own religion. Mm-hmm. And obviously they met in secret. So it was kind of one of those things like people know about it, but they don't really know what you do or what you are. Yeah. Think like a, like college fraternities. Yeah. Like, you know, they exist, but you don't really know they're like, why it matters. They're like little secrets. Oh. And like none of them ever spill the beans type of thing. Okay. Kind of like that, except, you know, with millions of dollars and disappearances of people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So obviously it was the Freemasons were filled with uh, middle and upper class people, uh, doctors, lawyers, businessmen, and they had social clubs and whatnot. Uh, Many of the founding fathers had been Masons including George Washington and Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. Thought that okay. was interesting. Um, in the years between America's founding and 1826, obviously masonry grew more and more powerful. So back to Miller and Morgan. So Miller first hinted that there was some type of, of revelation coming in an article that he had posted um, in August of 1826. He had discovered the, quote, strongest evidence of rottenness. 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 And he was trying to compel, um, and he's, or sorry, he said that evidence compelled him and an unnamed collaborator, Captain Morgan, mm-hmm. quote, to act, to an act of justice to ourselves and to the public. Um, and this bombshell that he was talking about was a book that he and Morgan had worked on and printed. So this book detailed rituals, misdeeds, um, and it was exposing people at the highest levels of the Freemasons. And while Morgan wasn't a member of the Masons, um, he apparently had managed to convince other Masons that he was, and he had been granted access to a neighboring uh, Mason lodge. So I don't know how he knew some secret way to get in. Maybe he knew a little little hand motion. A hand sign. Or something, okay. and they let him in. And he was able to witness what he called dark ceremonies, and Ooh. he wrote down their doings in a manuscript. Now, news of Miller and Morgan's uh, upcoming book started to spread and Masons in local or nearby uh, counties apparently began to worry. So groups of concerned Masons began harassing Miller and Morgan with uh, prosecutions for petty debt. It sounds kind of weird, but then again- Petty debt? Petty debt, but the the times were different back then. they were indebted pettily? Think petty like as in small. That's what I- that's what I'm thinking. Like mm-hmm. they owed, you know, someone $15 or. Like Morgan was arrested and put in jail because he had a debt of $2.65. Yeah. Like they're just trying to like scare them. Like if we can do that, we can do anything or whatever. Sure. Um, so suspicious appearances began in the counties around where they were. So like a whole bunch of Masons were showing up. Okay. From other areas. Mm hmm. And on, on, sorry, on September 8th, a group of Masons had attempted to destroy Miller's offices. Whoa. That's right. So he, Miller was out drinking at a local tavern. A group of several dozen men um, attacked his print shop. They found that, uh, or sorry, they went in and started like ransacking shit. They're probably going to burn it. Yeah. Um, but somehow Miller knew they were going to be there. Okay. And he showed up with a posse of his own with guns oh my God. and weapons Beat and the shit out of them? they s- tried to attack the Masons 
Now, obviously, the Masons ran away because they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we just came <laughs> to burn your shit, man. We didn't want to kill anyone. <laughs> um, and two nights later, his office suddenly erupted in flames. Mm. Um, now, the fire was detected early, so there wasn't serious damage. But what they found were there were cotton balls dipped in turpentine and they lit them on fire. And that'll do it. That'll that'll definitely do it. So on September 11th, 9-11. Oh, my goodness. A half dozen Masons showed up at Morgan's home. Yeah. And they arrested him again for petty larceny for stealing a shirt and tie, which was lent to Morgan by the owner of the town's tavern. And Morgan failed to return it. Okay. (laughs) So So they really are grasping at straws. Yes. Like these guys have technically done absolutely nothing wrong. And so every little thing that they do wrong. Yeah. They're going to try to get dicked for. Um, So with Morgan now being arrested for this, he was taken away in a carriage um, a, reportedly, he was said to be without worry, um, and he thought that testifying that he had simply, or sorry, he apparently thought that testifying that he had simply forgotten to return the items would get him off the hook, right? I mean, that I would imagine would suffice. Like, I don't mind giving them back. I just forgot to. I've got them. You can have them back. Yeah, uh, he was right. Charges fell. Charges fell through. He was released. <laughs> um, and as soon as he walked out, uh, he was immediately arrested for a debt of two dollars. And this who time, it, who is he borrowing two dollars from all I the don't time? Know. But this time, the charges stuck. He spent the following night in jail, and the next day, he was forced into a carriage that sped northward out of town. Okay. And Captain Morgan was never seen again. What? <laughs> they killed his ass. They fucking, they they got rid of him. Why? He knew too much. He saw God. things. He had eyewitness testimony. We're completely innocent, but don't tell people that. Well, especially because like they, he wasn't, they weren't necessarily thought of as like crazy, like conspiracy theorists. And the fact, or as soon as him and Miller had said like, Hey, we got shit on the Masons. The Masons immediately started fucking with them. Right. Like very openly. Right. So it looks bad. It doesn't really look like, it really makes it seem like they found something serious. Yeah. And incriminating. And they did. So that was the disappearance of Captain Morgan. But more, the story does go on. Okay. Um, so with the disappearance of Morgan, uh, that exposed the existence to people who didn't believe in the Masons. Yeah. That they are real and they are at least somewhat fucked up. Yeah. Um, Morgan, the story of Morgan's kidnapping was told like throughout cities and local towns and whatever after weeks and... They, they, the people that were telling the story focused on how like the Masons were like elitists and they used, um, sorry, took advantage of like the law to use for their own purposes mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and so people started imme- immediately taking that to like doubt the government. They're oh. like, they're like, fuck you, government. You're, oh, wow. you guys are all Masons, right? I mean, listen, it might seem extreme, but it's a fair question. Like, are you involved? Are you corrupt? Do you do what they say? Right. Because you did, at least in this case. Well, especially because Miller and Morgan were like, dude, all of the all of the rich are in this bitch. Right. So now you don't trust the rich and, you know, politicians are rich even back then, apparently. And controlled by the richer. Yeah. So anyway, um, speculation about Morgan's fate became more and more sensational. Uh-huh. Um, people started saying that he was murdered, um, like rumor mills were spreading, that he was murdered, that he was sacrificed in... Uh, occultist Masonic ceremonies. Oh. He was, his throat was slit from ear to ear. His tongue was cut out with a knife. Like people just started rolling with it, right? Just really getting wild. Just, I mean, 
continuing this this story and turning it into a lot more than it was. Okay. He's definitely dead. So they no killed one him. no one knows how he died. But no one knows how. Um, but within a few months, it didn't matter. Outrage transforms the public fear into political hysteria. Oof. Um, only a few Masons were guilty of any crime, um, but it was the reaction of other Masons that convinced the public that they weren't just dealing with a small little batch of m- dirty Masons, but that this was like a whole widespread thing. So getting rid of Captain Morgan had the opposite effect they wanted. Yes. And now the Masons, being apparently retarded, began <laughs> began publicly defending uh, Morgan's abduction. What? Yeah. Many of them apparently were public figures, and they said, quote, if they are publishing the true secrets of masonry, should not think the lives of half a dozen such men as Morgan and Miller of any consequence in suppressing the work. So basically, needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Fuck those guys. They were going to spill spill the beans. If they were going to share our secrets, they deserved it. Yeah. Um, a judge had said, uh, a Masonic judge is what they called him. Uh, said, quote, whatever Morgan's fate might have been, he deserved it. He had forfeited his life. Oh, my God. Dude, they're just doubling down, right? They don't fucking care. Uh, January now, 1827, the there was a trial that was set that would uh, see the Masons charged for the abduction of Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they had a lot of money and very, very uh, prestigious lawyers. A lot of strings to pull. And the four defendants were sentenced to... Uh, lenient terms, so it was some a slap on the wrist. One got two years. Oh, okay. right. One got a month. Uh, others got slaps on the wrist, uh, and they were convicted of forcibly moving Morgan from one place to another against his will. But there's no proof that he's dead. I guess. Right. They're saying there's no proof that they killed him. Just I mean, it technically really kidnapped him. Seems like he's dead. You know, considering he didn't reappear back into his life. Yeah. After you absconded with him. So Yeah, so uh, this only pissed the public off even more, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And once the trial was finished, the the movement uh, became larger. Uh, apparently, the people were furious about uh, how Morgan's abductors received no punishment. They did a little bit, but, you know, not really. Not, not really. Um, and in February of 1827, so this would be five months after Morgan had gone missing, the anti-Masonic party was born. Oh, my goodness. A political party literally called themselves anti-Masonic. Anti-Masonic. <laughs> Masonic, Masonic, whatever. Yeah. Um, in 1828, elections had marked a major turning point for the anti-Masons. The movement spread as anti-Masonic candidates won seats in state legislatures across the country, and they rose to the federal level. They became the first third party in the United States to send candidates to Congress. And they got about a half dozen members uh, in the House of Representatives. So about half a dozen congressmen were anti-Masons. Okay. Well, that was their party affiliation, which was unheard of. Yeah. There was only Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. Now you got anti-Masons up in there. So unfortunately, when a party like this comes from, you know, fury mm-hmm. and hatred, yeah, um, it leads to a sort of extremism. Mm, what do you mean? So- a lot of people in the party, right? So the leaders of the party were the like congressmen and whatnot. The anti-Mason The party. anti-Mason party. And they were basically like, hey, like, yeah, we need to bring down the rich and blah, blah, blah. And the people were like, no, fuck it. We need to murder them. You have to murder the rich. Oh my like, God. Fuck the rich. And so basically like because of the essentially like anarchism that a lot of people in the party wanted. Yeah. The party was destroyed from the inside out 
and nobody trusted they them anymore. They basically ate themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So they lasted about a year <laughs> and, then, and then that was it. Um, but obviously it didn't mean that, you know, the anti-Masons cause had passed apparently throughout the decades. Um, a few politicians would make their names proclaiming the evils of Masonry. In the 40s, the anti-Mason party was dead and gone, obviously. Um, but they left behind a, a pretty big legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, the party established a pattern that future episodes of political hysteria would repeat across American history. So they were basically like, this is going to happen again. You know, like the powerful is still there, rich and powerful. Um, and as the former anti-Masons themselves, uh, many of the movement's leaders went on to bigger achievements. So of many people who were anti-Masons, including Millard Fillmore, who was a New York anti-Mason, became the president in 1850. William Seward, another New York anti-Mason, became Abraham Lincoln's secretary of state. William Morgan's widow, Lucinda Morgan. Okay. okay. So she... Wasn't necessarily in the political game, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that her name won't won't live on forever. Lucinda. Lucinda Morgan, because she would grow to even more renown once her lovely husband was kidnapped and assumingly murdered. She moved west and she remarried to a man named Joseph Smith, the founder of the Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right. She was the first Mormon wife. <laughs> she was Joseph Smith's wife. Uh, and it says a group like that, uh, like the Freemasons, would soon find itself the target of future political crusades, which obviously it has. Um, that is that is the story of the disappearance of Captain Morgan and the sh fucking dominoes that happened because of it. Crazy. Yeah. It changed the game for the politics in the United States and got a Mormon wife. I mean, she ended up being Mormon later on. Well, who knows if she was Mormon? But her husband founded Mormonism. I, I mean, I can only assume if she remained with him, it was probably because she converted to Mormonism. Or he had a fat cock and she was really into it. Maybe. Those, one, one she didn't mind sharing with her sister wives. Sure. Uh, maybe he had his golden spectacles on and he told her that her former husband, Captain Morgan, is like totally chilling in heaven. Up in the heavens. And she was like, damn, my pussy be wet for you, Joseph Smith. <laughs> Was that too far? I think so. <laughs> We're sounding super mean to the Mormons. Um, sorry, guys. Oh, my God. There's like eight of them. Who cares? I, there are eight, eight Mormons? Yeah. There are a lot of Mormons. No, but eight that actually have like a phone and listen to podcasts and shit. Oh, most of them don't listen. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. I'm saying like eight have the ability to listen to this podcast and not a single one of them do. Is that how it works with Mormonism? I thought... They're not Amish. They have Oh, I got, I got that confused. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. I fucked that up. I saw them like in wagons, like <laughs> with, like a, with like a secret iPhone. <laughs> You're so dumb. Okay. <laughs> <You> thought... <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Very silly. Uh, look at that. All right, you're going 20,000 leagues under the sea. You must choose your captain. Can be fictional or non-fictional. Interesting. So who's the captain of your submarine taking you 20,000 leagues under the sea? I don't know how long a league is. I mean- But 20,000 of them? It's probably pretty far down. Just my opinion. Yeah. A non-fictional actual submarine captain. Almost literally anyone. Red October. No, that's fictional. Unless you're, th I mean, unless you're thinking about the story the movie was based on. 
I was thinking Sean Connery. Yeah, I'm not. I, I do not want Sean Connery to <laughs> no. be the captain of the submarine taking me twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I hate the deep sea, and if I'm going to go oh, there, I'm going to mm-hmm. go with someone who knows what they're doing because I'm going to be terrified either way, and I'm not going to trust anyone else. I'm probably realistically not going to trust an actual submarine captain either. I'm just going to be freaked out the whole time. But I'll be, I don't know, more reassured if someone like that is the captain and not someone like Captain Crunch. <laughs> you don't want Captain Crunch? <laughs> I don't want that. Okay. Uh, well, I just Googled what a league is, like how far a league is mm-hmm. or how much like length a league is. Um, it is about, so one league is about three and a half miles. Hideous. So if you're going 20,000, let me use my calculator here. Oh my God, 70,000 miles? That's not even possible. But no, it's not. What was it? 20,000 leagues under the sea. Oh, maybe that means like you're like not necessarily going 20,000 leagues deep. You're traveling for 20,000 leagues. No clue. So like you're traveling 70,000 miles in this submarine, whether you want up, down, side to side. I just know if I'm going in the ocean in a submarine, I'm just going to have it captained by a submarine captain. That's fine. Name any, one. Name one. Any experienced submarine captain who hasn't like been in prison for being a shitty captain. Are you Googling submarine captains right yeah. now? Yeah, I just Googled submarine captain. Preferably one who speaks English so that I can talk to them and they can be like, hey, calm down, you fucking bitch. Go back to bed Boom. in English to me. Captain Jessica Rotziox. Ooh, that's a good name. Uh, she is a U.S. Coast Guard captain. And she's been inside submarines? Yes. She is a Navy, she was a Navy submarine captain, and she served as chief of staff to a flag officer. I don't know what any of this means. I don't know ship stuff. If she's been in a submarine, more than one time. You trust her? Yeah. Oh, here's a picture of her. I'd trust her too. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, she looks really trustworthy, actually. Mm -hmm. I would feel much safer. She looks like she fucks, you know? Can I see her last name? You pronounced it really weird. It was a really weird one. Let me just see. So don't click the link, but you can see the link and see her name right under it. It's a hyphen. Jessica Rozzy Oaks or Ox? Ox. I don't know. Jessica Rozzy Ox. Yeah. Cool. That's who you choose? Captain Rozzy Ox. Lame. Or Oaks. Lame. I'm terrified of the ocean. Look, I'm either having a blast or I'm not going at all. But I thought that was the question is you have to go. So who's your captain? Oh, I know. I'm going to answer the question. Go ahead. Captain Jack Sparrow. Me and him, I'm going to be his first mate, obviously. And we're just going to get fucking hammered, drinking rum. And I would imagine that having more gravity on us, right? Because we're getting closer to like the core of the earth, right? <laughs> I imagine there's more gravity down there and that we would get more drunk. Okay. I mean, I wonder if that's true. Or is it less drunk? I don't know. Do you get more drunk in space or less drunk in space? Jacob, you are asking me Has there been alcohol questions? in space? <laughs> These are wild questions to be asking me. Um, I don't have answers for you. Okay. Well, study up. (laughs) Bring it next time. Well, I don't know. What do you Google that? Has there been alcohol in space? No. Alcohol in, just put alcohol in space and see what happens. Well, that's going to be, okay. Alcohol in space. There's a music video. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. Here's an article. Why astronauts are banned from getting drunk in space. Interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, wow. This article says apparently booze has historically had a complicated relationship with space exploration. Why? I had no idea. Oh, we conducted studies? In space? 
I guess 17 men were asked to down vodka both at ground level and in a chamber that stimulated an altitude of 12,500 feet. They were then asked to complete tasks, tasks including mental maths, tracking lights on a big word with a joystick, and a variety of other tests. They found that, quote, there was no interactive effect of alcohol and altitude on either breathalyzer readings or performance scores. Huh? Say that again? Oh, no, look. Basically, they said there was no difference. So then why is it banned? And it says, the, the question was, so is getting drunk faster while flying? And uh, some professor at uh, the State University of New York says, quote, I can't imagine it would be any different. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a useless fucking article. <laughs> what the fuck are they telling us then? Fuck you. <laughs> I hate that stupid article. So then why thought you said it was banned? I, I mean, they probably... They just, just don't I mean, want them getting drunk up there? That I would, would imagine, make the most sense I would to imagine me. you don't want your astronauts getting drunk in your like... $700 million space station. I mean, that makes sense. But also, if they're incredibly intelligent, won't they just be smart enough not to drink that much? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I read this thing the other day. Oh, my God. I'm like off the walls with this. I will say it quick and then we'll wrap okay. up. So apparently when you fart in space. <laughs> Does it propel you? It creates because the air doesn't really it doesn't just expand everywhere. OK, it you know, because there's no gravity stays together. It forms like an air bubble <laughs> okay. and like the bubble will just float around. <laughs> and so apparently like apparently astronauts could be like, you know, swimming through space, you know, floating <laughs> through and just catch a fart in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and they just never go away. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I need to see if I could find it. So by the time they're done with a the trip, they just like, don't breathe as they're traveling through the space, through oh. the rocket ship or whatever. I think I deleted it from my photos because it was fucking, it just looks disgusting. <laughs> Here we go. Space farts. <laughs> <laughs> it says farts don't really go away in zero gravity because there's no convection. Space talk. They make they bubbles. They can't dissipate. So floating bubbles of gas just hover like space mines. <laughs> And it says, if you want to be an astronaut, this is your future. Hordes of people spewing anal gases <laughs> until the air turns brown. The inevitable purging fire will come as sweet relief. Because <laughs> I guess if there's enough farts, <laughs> it can become flammable. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that's how you go down? <laughs> so like like uh, onions and chili are banned. It's a space fart explosion. <laughs> Hold on. Do you want to see the picture? Yeah. You're going to hate it. <laughs> it's like it's like dyed underwear. Yeah. From the 1960s. I guess so. Is that a little fart pouch? Um, or is that for dick and balls? That's either a fart pouch so that the bubbles stay in your own ass. <laughs> or it's a dick and ball pouch so that your dick and balls don't, you know, float around, I guess. It's probably a fart pouch if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a, apparently that was a real problem that they had. That they had to figure out how to not have a problem. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Well, if you liked what you heard, everybody, please like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can share it with absolutely anyone who is worried about space farts. Anyone who likes worried, to drink when they're in about, submarines. Worried about farts at all, honestly. Um, anyone who's a captain. Oh, for sure. Captains would love it. Yeah. Anyone who's been it. on a ship is interested in ships or has ever like heard of ships. Before. If, if you're going on a cruise uh, and there's an open mic night, 
take a few seconds, talk about Three Shots In. Hey, you should listen to the Three Shots In podcast yeah. with Jake and Jess. It's open mic, you can do whatever you want. Tell Here's them about their us. their really cool cover artwork. It's Boom. so dope. It's amazing. Please visit our website, threeshotsin.com. There we have links to our single time donation PayPal, where you can leave us a, a little little tip, a little five. Yeah, just a quick little, a little fiver. A little fiver. Maybe a tenner. Mm-hmm. A little hundo. Maybe like a little grand or something. A G. One G. One K. One K. Isn't that the same thing? One thousand and one G. One K. Is one K and one G. Yeah, I don't know. One grand one. Just leave us money. <laughs> just, just send some cash, dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also have a link there for our Patreon, which is our precious baby that we love so much and would love for you to be a part of. $5 a month. Um, and uh, you get access to just so much, so much more than just this podcast. We put extra content up there. We have an extra podcast called Three Shots in Cinema. Three Shots Cinema. Sorry. Yeah. You, you fucked up the pun, Jess. Three Shot Cinema. I corrected it. Anyway, go and listen to it. It's fantastic. Yes, Couldn't watch, recommend it enough. We watch what turns out to be terrible movies, and we talk about them. And we, we talk about them in arguably the most interesting way possible. Anyone who talks about these movies, nowhere near as interesting as we are. Yeah. We're the best. The best of the best. I think so. And we save it for our patrons. So mm-hmm. go become one now. Oh, yeah. Please join us next week where we'll be talking about Teeth. Teeth. Like you got them in your mouth, you you bite things and mm-hmm. dogs got them. You know, I did my notes for that a little early. Oh, did you? I did. I did too. And I'm going to give you guys a little sneak peek. Uh-oh. We're talking about cannibals. Ooh, I'm talking about a serial killer. Cool. So it's going to be a very good one. Very interesting episode. Thanks, Tammy. Not political at all. Tammy on Twitter who listens to the podcast. Yeah, she's the one that recommended. She's the one who recommended the story. All right. Well, good on you, Tammy. Anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. All that to say, Courtney Cox looked rough as fuck.